You're listening to the Million Praying Moms podcast, where we believe every mom is uniquely designed by God, but also a part of something much bigger than she could ever be alone. We're authors and moms, Erin Mooring and Brooke McLaughlin, and we're here to help you make prayer your first and best response to the challenges of parenting. Tune in each week to real life conversations with the experts about real issues Christian parents face today. If you're ready to learn practical ways to focus on Christ as you seek wisdom and hope for the difficult job of raising children in today's world, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Hey there, friends. My name is Brooke McLaughlin, and I'm your co-host for the Million Praying Moms podcast. You are listening to a brand new bonus series where I'm interviewing all of the amazing women who contributed to my newest book, releasing August 3rd, Praying Mom, Making Prayer the First and Best Response to Motherhood. I have the words, God, I need you to do something in my children. Ever found their way into your desperate prayers? Do you feel helpless to know how to equip your children for this world and everything it's going to throw at them? Have you ever prayed, God, I can't be the mom they need. I need you to help me. If so, you're not alone. The good news is that there is a way to stay connected with the one who has all the answers so you can be the mom you need to be. When my children were little, I was faced with the undeniable fact that my best efforts fell woefully short of my goal to produce godly children. I knew if God didn't show up, nothing would change in my home. So I began to pray scripture for my children and both my life and my children's lives were transformed. Yours can be too. Over the years, I've learned that while prayer is the most important part of Christian parenting, many moms feel stifled in their prayers and so continue to feel helpless and hopeless. Do you feel like you don't know what or how to pray? Like you don't know if your prayers really matter? Like you can't pray until you get your life together? Or maybe you just feel like you're too busy to pray? Praying Mom will have you making prayer your first and best response to every aspect of family life and thriving as a mom full of hope in the God who can, even if you can't. Praying Mom will have you making prayer your first and best response to every aspect of family life, and thriving as a mom full of hope in the God who can, even if you can't. You can order it now anywhere books are sold, and when you do, you'll get access to some pretty amazing bonuses like audio prayers. That's me praying over your family, and you'll also get access to my prayer huddle, where I'm equipping you to program prayer into your daily life. If live teaching with me is your prayer coach, live prayer, a free digital prayer journal, and prayer check-ins sounds good to you, order your copy of Praying Mom today. Just visit brookmclaughlin.net forward slash praying dash mom to get started. Today, I have the privilege of grabbing a few minutes of time from a busy mom of four, I chose Suzanne Goslin to contribute to Praying Mom because I knew that she could speak with authority and authenticity about trying to have a vibrant prayer life in the middle of raising young children. Spoiler alert, it's not easy, (laughs) but Suzanne does it anyways. She's the author of the book, 100 Days of Prayer and Journaling for Girls, and she shared her own struggles with prayer inside of Praying Mom. You're going to want to purchase the book to see how she overcame Suzanne, thank you so much for being here today. Tell everybody a little bit about you and your family. Thanks, Brooke. Well, I have four children. They range in age from 10 down to four. 
And um, we had them obviously very close together. Uh, Part of my story was I was single throughout my 20s. I met my husband when I was 30, which was a little later than kind of my desire and my plan. Um, And then we just decided to go for it and start this family. So I I tell people I had something called identity whiplash, where I went from being single, working for 10 years at a Christian organization, going into my desk every single day in cubicle land, and then um, staying home with my firstborn and staying home after that as more and more children were added to the family. And it was quite an adjustment to go from the first thing to the second. Yeah, I really can identify with your story in a lot of ways. Um, Although we have two children, they were born very close together. Um, Mm -hmm. I was 27 and 29 when they were born, so a little younger than you. But I had worked in full-time ministry in crisis pregnancy centers um, all over the state of Virginia and even one in North Carolina, moving into that season of motherhood. And so I had gotten very used to being wrapped up in a Christian bubble for a lot of my day, the majority of my day had been spent, you know, either talking to people who were very strong in the Lord, praying with people who were very strong in the Lord. I learned so much about what it looks like to really talk and, and you know, feel free to be a, a, an outspoken Christian during that time. But when motherhood hit and I decided to stay home with our boys, it was, it was a huge culture shock for me. Mm-hmm. Not that my home wasn't a Christian home, but no more did I have eight hours a day, Christian men and women pouring into me. Like I had to actually go looking for that at that point. And it was hard. So I can really identify with that, uh, that part of your story. So as you know, I have asked each of our contributors to Praying Mom to answer the same two questions during this mm-hmm. bonus series. And as I've mentioned before, um, as, as I've talked to those other contributors, it's been a real treat for me to watch how asking the same two questions can get such diverse answers. So I really feel like we're coming up with this very well-rounded series that if people listen to it from start to finish, they're going to come out with something really special on the other side. So let's let's just go ahead and jump in with question number one, which is, why does prayer matter to you? Oh, well, I feel like throughout my life, I, the Lord has highlighted to me, I've, I've known him since I was four years old. That's when I accepted Christ. And I was raised in a Christian home. I'm so thankful for that. Um, I ended up going to Bible college after being homeschooled. So I did kind of have that Christian bubble experience growing up. And something else that developed kind of along with that was a spirit of self-reliance. I didn't even realize I had this but I felt like I was checking the boxes. I was doing everything correctly. And so I actually, prayer was just kind of more something I did um, at bedtime or before meals or with my family or at church, but it wasn't necessarily that I had a personal prayer life. And then my senior year of college, I had a debilitating um, autoimmune condition that came on suddenly, and I was just barely making it through my classes. And my worst fear was having to drop out of school because I'm a super achiever. And that was really where the Lord met me um, in prayer is I realized that I wasn't in control and he was in control and he knew his plans for me. And this has just been a theme that's repeated throughout my life from that time is that prayer points me to seeing that God is in control. Yeah, that's so good. So good. I think 
um, you know, I'm 43 now and uh, I'm not a youngster anymore. I don't really consider myself old yet, but I'm not, I'm definitely not in my twenties anymore. And I've been walking with the Lord. I've known the Lord since I was nine. So you and I both have that shared, um, shared experience of, of having some kind of feeling of the Lord of relationship with him from a young age. And so I say this now, and I want people to know that when I say this, it is, it's hard earned. I am not saying it flippantly or because I want people to to hurt, but there is something about having seasons of distress and desperation that teach us to be people Mm -hmm. of prayer. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. And in my case, I feel like God needed to do that. (laughs) He Mm -hmm. needed to bring those things into my life. I just needed to be reminded that God was in control of my life and that I wasn't the one in charge. Yeah, I agree with you so much. I think for me, I'm also a high achiever. I remember my first year of graduate school, I ended up, it, it totally upended me. It really did. I had to learn all new study skills. I had to learn all new organizational skills. I had to up my reading level. I remember um, I remember the first several months of my graduate school experience, I would lay on my apartment floor with whatever book I was supposed to be reading on one side and a dictionary on the other side. Like I was, the reading level that was required of me was so far advanced over what I had been used to that I didn't even understand what half the words meant. And so this was a a serious time in my life of up-leveling in a major way. And I remember I got to, um, I got to a certain point in that first semester and I went to class one morning and I realized that I had several major things due within the next couple days and I had not started them. And I don't know how I let it get away from me. I really don't. Like I, I just, I'm not sure. I, I just thought I had more time or, or I wasn't checking my syllabus regularly or something. But I remember going to my, I went to a payphone that tells you how old I was at that time. But I went to a payphone on campus and I called my dad, who is my, my rock and my cheerleader. And, and, uh, I just was like in a panic, like just, I can't do this, Dad. I just I was shaking on the phone and and crying, and I've already messed it up. I've already I've already like I can't recover from this. And and so I remember him saying to me, and this is something that my parents said to me a lot. It's, it's comical now, although maybe it wasn't at the time. They would always say, "Suck it up, girl. Go get it done." And <laughs> so I had to find a way to get it done. But I began. That was maybe the beginning, and then motherhood was really mm. a major kick in the pants for me. But Um, That was the beginning of me learning that I really didn't have what it took to to be able to produce the kind of life that I wanted, either for me or myself, and I needed to rely on the Lord. So, so I say that again, not to sound harsh or or flippant in any way, but it really. I look back after forty three years of life, and I think it was God's kindness to me to bring me to the end of myself. And it sounds like you would agree with that. Oh, yeah. I think motherhood was a lot more stressful for me than I anticipated because I've always loved working with kids and Mm -hmm. I had younger siblings and I had these expectations of the kind of mom that I would be. And then along come these little people and they're completely stressing me out. Kevin and I like to talk about how that's my husband, how um, none of our kids got the compliant gene. (laughs) They 
all have opinions. Yes. I'm God is teaching me that this is a wonderful thing as they grow, they're going to be able to really go out in their world and stand for what they believe. And so I try to remember that, but it takes a lot of prayer to deal with that day in and day out. Yes, it does. Opinions. Uh, it totally does. I have two of those kids. I was a fairly compliant child. My brother was not. So we had one of each in our home, but I my, I didn't pass that on to either of my <laughs> kids either. So I am totally understanding what you're feeling there. So no, yes, we are on the same page in a lot of ways. So that's fun. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's let's go to story time now. Okay, would you share a time that God transformed you or your family through prayer? Yeah, well, I'm going to share one that was from a little while ago when my first son was born. When he was about seven months old, he started having seizures, and he had a very devastating form of childhood epilepsy called infantile spasms. And I, that was one of those times where I realized I have no control over this. I have to completely trust the Lord with what's going to happen with my son. And that was a sweet prayer time for my husband and I, and even our community um, that really joined in and really cared and really helped carry us through that. And I saw just how God answered prayer after prayer and not always the perfect path that I desired. Our son does have autism. So we've been um, just dealing, walking that journey with him. But I saw how God was present and he had a plan and this was what he had ordained for us to do. And he was right with us. So that was just a really sweet prayer time. And there's been others as my kids have grown. Now, Josiah, our first is 10 years old. And even just this past fall, uh, several of our grandparents, their grandparents um, were going through some health issues and we were able to bring them in to pray for. It was so sweet. Um, We had Josiah actually record a video praying for my father, um, who was in the hospital with double COVID pneumonia. And that was such a scary time. We were praying and we were trying to invite our kids into praying with us. And it was so sweet because my dad said like those videos meant everything because nobody could be there with him at the hospital and just being able to see Josiah pray that Papa would get better. And um, it was really, really neat for our family and a growing experience. That's so beautiful. I think one of the things that we don't talk about a lot at Million Praying Moms is the effect of our prayer lives on our children and how we are um, we are modeling something for them that many of us did not have modeled for us. And it is profound. It is profound. When you have a child, a 10-year-old who will step up and pray, I'm yeah. just telling you, like, it gives me chills. We are... Listen, praying mamas, you are making a difference in the lives of your children by praying. You are affecting generations by your prayers. Not every child out there has a praying mom, but yours does. And that means something. Suzanne, I cannot thank you enough for sharing your heart with us today. This was really special for me. I love it when I get to chat with someone that, um, is a lot like me and I feel like you are. So I want to end today's episode by having you share one verse that you're praying for your family right now. We're actually going to make that available to our online family to download for free in our show notes. So what are you praying right now? The one I've been praying recently is 2 Peter 3.18 that says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then the second part of that verse says, to him be glory both now and forever. 
Amen. And I think just the idea of my children, not only growing in knowledge of the Lord, which is so important, but also growing in his grace as they navigate life, which I was just talking to another mom, a friend last week. And we were just talking about as our children head into their teen years and their young adult years, the world is just so much more complex than it was when I was at that stage, just the issues that they're going to have to navigate and um, the things that they're going to have to stand on biblical truth that's going to make them really stand out from the culture. Um, And so I love that, that I want them to grow in knowledge, but I also want them to grow in God's grace to know how to navigate those things. And it's all for His glory. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of the Million Praying Moms podcast. Before you go, make sure you've grabbed your copy of Brooke's newest book, Praying Mom making prayer the first and best response to the challenges of motherhood. If you feel helpless to know how to equip your children for this world and all it will throw at them and need help creating a game plan that will never fail you, this book is for you. Inside, you'll find biblical heart-level solutions to the challenges that are keeping you from being an effective praying mom. You can find links to purchase Praying Mom anywhere books are sold in our show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. You can also connect with our community of praying moms by hanging out with us on Instagram at millionprayingmoms or by visiting us at millionprayingmoms.com. And don't forget, with each new episode, we offer five free scripture-based prayers based on that show's topic. Simply visit millionprayingmoms.com and sign up to get yours sent to your inbox right away. Till next time. Everyone wants to change the world. Capital Ministries is doing just that, one heart at a time by creating disciples of Jesus Christ among political leaders in the U.S. and foreign nations. For more than 25 years, founder Ralph Drawlinger has written Bible studies specifically for public servants. Study along with us and learn what the Bible says about capitalism, communism, abortion, same-sex marriage, and other contemporary issues. Subscribe and follow us at lifeaudio.com or search Capital Ministries on your favorite podcast platform.